Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what he has to say to you today. Enjoy. My name is Alex, and if I don't know you yet, um, I'm glad to meet you in this way. I'm one of the pastors here, and out of all the things that I get to do at Coastal, and all the things I love doing here, sharing with you in this way always feels special. It's a little different. It's a little special. And tonight I'm excited to share with you a little bit more about this idea of Emmanuel, God with us. And I really hope that if you've been jumping or if you've jumped in or you've been tagging along with us in this sermon series, I really hope that it's been an encouragement to you. It's a little bit different than the sermon series that we typically do. It's a little bit more testimonial in nature. You get to hear from more people than you typically would in a month. Um, Two weeks ago, we heard from Jason, and he shared that he experiences God with him um, in community and interacting with the body of believers. And last week, we heard from James, and he shared with us that one of the key ways that he experiences God with him is in solitude. And for some of you, it's in that space of being physically alone where you're reminded in a special way that you actually aren't alone. So this idea of God with us, Emmanuel, a God who's with us individually and uniquely, a God who cares so much about us individually that he could have chosen to meet with us all the same way, but he didn't. But he actually chose to meet with us in ways that actually confirm who he's created us to be. And that idea is so incredible to me. Not only do we serve a powerful God, but a deeply personal one. But I'm also aware, as we've been journeying through this series together, that there are likely a lot of you in this room who don't know yet how God is uniquely with you. And that's okay. Don't feel the pressure to have it figured out yet. This might be a new concept for you. That is okay. Do not feel pressure from the stage to you. Take the time. And we hope that tonight would be another night where maybe for some of you, there's clarity around that. To be honest, for a long, 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 long time, I didn't really understand how God was uniquely with me. I remember growing up being super frustrated as a kid and a teenager and a younger young adult that I am now at this idea that for some of my friends, it was so clear how God was with them. For some of my friends, they're incredibly gifted worship leaders, and not only are they talented and gifted, but it's very clear that it's in that space that God is with them. I have a couple friends like James and my friend Brett Smith where nature and solitude are a grace to them, and that's a space in which God is continuously with them. There's also a couple pastors in my family where for preaching, it's not just a joy for them, but it's in this space on a platform that when they're sharing the word of God, It's not just a joy, it's not just an honor, but they actually experience God with them in that moment. So growing up, I would spend a lot of time in the Word reflecting and asking myself and asking God, God, how are you with me? How are you with me, Alex? And I would recall stories like Moses um, and the burning bush, and I would be like, man, Well, it's clear that God doesn't speak to me, because he surely isn't speaking to me in that way. And there are other stories that just wouldn't resonate with me. They wouldn't click, and I would be lost asking God again, how are you with me? 
So in the similar way that I'd look at stories like Moses in the burning bush or I'd look at the Christmas story, it'd be a little bit frustrating to me because the Christmas story, God is all over that story. He's speaking, he's moving, he's confirming, he's empowering. And I'd look like stories like the Christmas story and be like, man, God just isn't speaking to me. That's just not what he does in my life and that's okay, but God, just reveal how you are with me. So we're going to look at a portion of the Christmas story today found in Luke chapter 1, and this is what the word of the Lord says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give, you, give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The Mary said to the angel, how? How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child that will be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So it's pretty evident that the Lord was speaking to Mary. He sent a literal angel to wake her up in the middle of the night. It can't get much clearer than that, that the Lord is speaking. And in this story, we also see Mary's incredible obedience and her trust in the Lord. And stories like this would make me say or think things like, well, if the Lord just showed up and like spoke to me in that way, it would be easy to trust him, wouldn't it? Or if the Lord would just speak to me, then I wouldn't have to doubt whether or not he is with me. I would know that he is with me. But what I've discovered about the way that I used to think and maybe the way that some of us think is that I'm quick. We are so quick to discredit what the Lord is doing in our lives, what it doesn't look exactly like what he's doing in the life of someone else's. And for years and years, I wrote off this idea that God could actually be speaking to me because it didn't look like how it looked in the story of Mary or Moses or Abraham or even the disciples. It was different. But here's the ultimate plot twist. Are you ready? God does speak to me. He actually does. Five-year-old, eight-year-old, ten-year-old Alex is freaking out right now. She had no idea. And the truth is that he actually was. Back then, as a child, he was speaking. In all the moments where I asked myself, what is my thing? God, how are you with me? He was with me. I was just a little bit ignorant, a little bit blind, or maybe just didn't trust enough. Now, an interesting caveat for some of you who are like, okay, this isn't going to be about me because I've never heard the voice of the Lord. I've never heard an audible voice either. And I sure 
have never had an angel wake me up in the middle of the night or drove onto Brass Hill and then a burning bush appear. Those things have never happened to me. So don't write yourself off as someone who doesn't hear from God just because you've never heard an audible voice. Some of you are thinking, Alex, that is quite the contradiction. That is a little bit messed up, that you would say that the primary way that you hear, that you experience God is hearing from him, but that you've never actually heard his voice. I beg to differ. I don't think it's actually a contradiction because God isn't limited to the way in which he speaks to his people. Through scripture, we have story after story of how God showed up or spoke to people uniquely, different individuals uniquely. We see God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, That was pretty cool. We see God giving Moses the Ten Commandments. We see God sending an angel to Mary and then to Joseph. We see him speak to Moses through a burning bush, all different ways that he showed up and spoke. And we have story after story after story of him speaking to his people. Because the reality is, is that God doesn't capture all of our attention the same way. Just like he's with all of us uniquely, for those of you who experience God in a similar way that I do, he won't speak to us the same. He probably doesn't speak to me the same way that he speaks to my friends who hear him often. Mary needed something like a messenger from God to get her attention, and that's good and that's right, and maybe that's not what I need or you need. The Holy Spirit is able and willing to speak to his people in ways that make most sense for the individual. And for myself, as much as I would like to be woken up in the middle of the night by an angel, or as much as I'd like to hear the voice of the Lord in my office on a Wednesday afternoon, that's not how God gets my attention. Oftentimes, God gets my attention quietly when everything else is loud. He gets my attention when he's still and everything else feels chaotic. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more I am thankful that the Lord doesn't speak to me in a bright, flashy, or loud way, because it's not what I need. I don't need more chaos. Life feels chaotic enough for me, and I really don't need to be overwhelmed, because I get overwhelmed really quickly, and if the Lord showed up with an angel or a booming voice, I probably would fall over. It would be too much. But God does speak to me. That is the primary way that I experience God with me. Some of you will resonate with these ways that God speaks to me. Sometimes he speaks in a feeling or an impression. Sometimes God speaks with a burden that I feel in my spirit. Sometimes he speaks by compelling me to movement, to do something that I wouldn't otherwise do. Sometimes he speaks to me with a weight, not to burden me or to crush me, but just so that I'm aware that something isn't quite right. Sometimes God speaks with a word for someone else. Sometimes it's not even for me. And sometimes he speaks with the wisdom to know the difference between right and almost right. And because God speaks to me in quiet ways, growing up I would hear things like, you're so wise or you're so mature for your age. And I always wrote it off in my heart as a little kid as, I just care a whole lot about right and wrong, which I do. But that wasn't it. Looking back on my life now, I can see that God was working because the things that I would do, the things that I would say, the things that I would feel couldn't have been fabricated by a perceptive kid or a teenager. Standing here today or this week reflecting, there are moments all along my journey where I can tell now, 
um, that God was moving, that God was speaking. There are key moments where I look back and I know that it wasn't me, it was God. I remember vividly a moment when I was little, feeling compelled to give something that I really loved and that was special to me to someone who I didn't think that they needed it or it didn't look like they needed it, but looking back, I understand they did need it. I remember being a little bit younger than eight years old and at the time my dad was a youth pastor and I was lucky enough to be brought along on a youth retreat. Why he thought that was a good idea, beyond me. I had the time of my life. But I remember as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old at this worship service and having a word for someone I didn't know and a word that spoke directly to a situation of the broken home that she was living in that I knew nothing about. That wasn't me. That was God. I can remember moments as a little kid, as a teenager, having words to say to family members in crisis or friends who were in distress. And I had words to say when I was at a loss of what to do or what to say myself. That wasn't me. That was God. The truth is that in situations like this, not only was it not me, it couldn't have been me. It was God. All the times looking back in my life that I spent wondering what my thing was or how God connected to me, he was actually moving and speaking then. I just wasn't aware enough to notice. And there are people in this room who actually do hear from God. There are people in this room who hear from God, but they've spent a lot of time disqualifying themselves. So I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox right now. I normally don't do this when I'm up here, so bear with me. What I'm about to share won't be for everybody, but I do believe that it is for someone or maybe a couple people. So just track with me while I'm sharing this, and then we'll get back on the train together. God is speaking to some of you, and you're disqualifying yourself. There are people in this room who often... God is speaking to, and you're just convincing yourself that it just couldn't be. Or maybe you're just so convinced that it was just a random good idea, but God is actually speaking. He's moving in your life in that way. And by doing this, he's actually inviting you into deeper relationship with him. He wants you to experience that he is with you. He wants you to experience that he is with you when he's speaking to you. Don't disqualify God don't, dis don't dismiss God by disqualifying yourself. There are moments for some of you in this room where God is giving you wisdom that could only come from him. That's not you being good at making good decisions. That's not you being perceptive. God is speaking. Don't disqualify yourself. If it's true for you, if you're one of these people who hears from God often, there are people around you, discerning people, who will speak into that. They will affirm it. They will confirm it. And plot twist, there are some of you who that's already happening. People are already affirming that gift, that leaning in you, and you're just disqualifying it because you don't believe it or you don't believe that God would choose to speak to you in that way. God might not send angels to wake us up in the night very often, but God is speaking to some of you. So that was for some people. It wasn't for everybody. But if it was for you, let's track with me. For those people who it is for and those people who are feeling a little bit left out, this is where you come into play. God doesn't speak so that we can isolate ourselves. God speaking is not permission for us to hide out in a corner on our own and think that we got this. 
This is where community comes in to play. I think one of the major hang-ups for people like me who experience God with them by him speaking is we can easily be tricked into this idea that God has spoken, I have everything I need. God has spoken, I don't need anybody else's opinion. I, God has spoken, this is all I need. Everybody else can be quiet. I'm going to stay over here, me and God, and we're going to do our thing. But that's actually a really flawed way of viewing things, and there's a couple reasons why. The first is that God speaking often isn't just for the individual. It's often for our community or for the body of Christ around us. There will be moments where God will speak to you directly, um, speak to you directly or speak to other people through other people to you directly where it will be for you, just you. It'll be an encouraging word or um, a prompting or, um, or just a reassurance that you can and should step out in faith on something. That will happen. Whether you hear from God directly or indirectly, God will speak to you at times and it'll just be for you. But there are other times where God uses individuals to speak um, to you or to speak to other people or to speak to a body of believers. Maybe that looks like a burden to pray for someone else. Maybe God speaking sometimes looks like a word of direction for a group of people. God uses individuals to speak to groups all the time. I've come to know that to be true, not only in scripture, but also in my own life. Oftentimes, when God speaks, it's not just for the individual, but it's actually for the body of Christ. Some examples of that. When Mary spoke to Jesus, it wasn't just for her. It was for us. When God sent Moses to free the Israelites, that word that he got, that conversation that he had with God, wasn't just for him. It meant a whole lot to a whole lot of people. When he gave Moses the Ten Commandments, that word wasn't just for Moses. It's still for us today. And like how God speaks through people for the body, he also uses the body to affirm and discern what the Lord is actually speaking. Even in the passage that we read, to, we read today, God gave Mary Elizabeth, her cousin Elizabeth, to journey through not only this idea of pregnancy, but also to journey through the idea of what it looked like to be living something miraculous. She wasn't alone in that. She was able to lean on Elizabeth when nobody understood what it looked like to be in the middle of a miracle, when it didn't make sense to the people around her. Mary had Elizabeth when she was navigating everybody's opinions, all their frustrations, their disbelief. Mary had Elizabeth um, when she had to navigate what it meant to be misunderstood when people didn't understand that she was actually carrying the son of God. And like Mary had Elizabeth, Moses had Aaron and Jethro, the disciples had one another, Paul had people like Timothy, Silas, and Luke, and we today have one another. We all need community. We all need people who will stand alongside us when what God is speaking doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. We all need community to tell us lovingly when maybe we've got it wrong. Maybe we actually didn't hear God on that. We've actually let our opinions and our biases get in the way on something. And we certainly need community to encourage us when doing what the Lord has asked is going to lose us the approval or applause of the people around us. That's my caution for us today. Whether or not you hear from the Lord directly often or you hear from him indirectly, we all need community. We need one another. 
God doesn't speak so that we can isolate ourselves. We still need community when God is speaking. So you've bared with me in my caution. Now a word of encouragement. There are many of you in this room who might experience God in the same way that I do, but there's even more who experience God in different ways. The beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that we all experience Emmanuel, God with us, differently. The beauty about being a part of the body of Christ is that our gifts and the ways that we hear from God or experience God aren't all the same and they aren't just for us. They're to empower the body, to encourage one another, When one of us wins, we all win. For all of us, God wants to use discerning people to affirm what he's doing in your life. God wants to use the body of Christ around you. He wants to use discerning people to actually affirm. When you think, I think worship's my thing, or maybe nature is where I experience God with me, maybe in solitude, maybe in community, people around you, God will use to affirm that in you, to speak life into that area. For myself, someone who would say that the primary way that I hear from God is him speaking, God continuously uses other people to speak to me, too. I cannot count the amount of times where God has used people around me to bring caution or encouragement. Can't count the amount of times where God used people to stir up faith in myself or to remind me that he was near when I wasn't hearing his voice. And one of the times that I remember vividly and am most thankful for God using someone else to get my attention was just a little bit over two years ago. I was heading into my fourth year at university, and fourth year at Kingswood looks like academics the first half of the year and then internship the second. And I told myself when I got done year three that I would not go into fourth year without having a plan for internship. I would not do that. That felt too chaotic. That felt too unpredictable. I wanted to be locked and loaded before heading into the classroom. So I spent a lot of my summer finalizing details, figuring things out, talking to different pastors, praying. And I had a pretty good gig lined up, something that was going to allow me to do coffee and ministry every day. No better combo, I thought. I was super excited about it. I was a week away from giving that pastor and board my yes. I was one phone call away from having it locked in. I was going to go to the States. It was going to be glorious. And I remember sharing this with my closest friends, who were also in the same season of life as me, going into fourth year. And I was talking to Brett Smith, and I could tell when he, I was talking to him over text and also on the phone, he was just kind of like antsy. He wasn't quite himself. And I didn't really understand what his deal was, but I was like, okay. So I was like, what do you think? Like, isn't this so awesome? This is going to be so perfect. It's so me. And I felt good about it. I didn't feel like anything was wrong with the idea. It felt like a God-honoring plan. But Brett, in his frustration towards me, which was unfamiliar in our friendship, he was like, I just think you need to talk to Jay. Here's his number. I just think you need to talk to Jay. He was right, like, snippy and sharp with me. And I was like, he's got to calm down. I was like, okay, like, I'll talk, I respect you enough, I will put these plans aside and let me talk to Jay. So the day before I was set up on a call to give the other place my yes, I had a call with Jay. It was great. It was awesome. I had peace about it. But this whole idea of having to sacrifice my ideals was really bothersome to me. 
I didn't want to give up this idea of being locked and loaded, ready to go, because Jay had told me we probably wouldn't get this all locked and loaded until like October, November-ish. But if I only knew then what I knew now, know now. Looking back, if I only knew then what I know that now, it would have been an easy yes. Because I got to experience what it looks like to see a church transition from being portable, and what a season that is, to stable and in its own location. In a lot of ways, I feel like I've got to experience what it looks like to see a church plant become a church. If I only knew then the family and the, the joy and the peace and the provision that I would experience in these past two years, it would have been an easy yes. If I only knew then what I know now, and I didn't, but I'm so glad that God used someone in my life to speak a clarifying word when even things felt like they were going okay. I'm so thankful that God has used other people to get my attention when I've needed it most. Whether or not God speaks to you directly often, he is speaking to you. He wants to use other people in your life to bring clarity, to bring peace, to bring a sense of trust and freedom that's only found in relationship with him. The truth is, is that the same God that spoke to Mary is still speaking today. And the same God that was with Mary is still with us now. And no matter what way you experience God with you, Emmanuel, he is with you. So we're officially three weeks into this thing, this idea of Emmanuel, God with us. For some of you, it's clicked. Maybe a sermon has resonated with you or maybe just in dialogue with the Lord. You're like, this is the thing. I understand. God meets with me in worship. I experience God with me in community or solitude. I celebrate that. That is awesome. But there are some of you in this room who aren't sure yet, and that's okay too. But there's probably something that all of us can do this week. So this is my challenge to you. I have three challenges. You can find what category you fit into. Some of us this week need to take time to reflect. Some of us know the ways that God is with us, and we need to take time to reflect and to thank him for how he's been faithful and also trust deeper that he will continue to be faithful. Some of us in this room need to take time this week to sit with the Lord and to ask him how. God, show me how you are with me. Open my eyes to see your faithfulness throughout my life not doubting that he is there, trusting that he's there, but asking for a clarifying word. And some of us in this room need to stop disqualifying ourselves. Whether or not it's because you hear from God and you've kind of just dismissed the fact that it could be true, or maybe you're just questioning the reality that God is actually with you, we need to stop disqualifying ourselves. We need to trust that God knows how and who he's created you to be, and he knows how he's best with you, how he best meets with you. And like Mary, in all your fear and uncertainty, trust that God is with you, that he is who he says he is, that he is Emmanuel. So no matter where you find yourself on the sliding scale of certainty this evening, I want us to take some time to pray. Our, our prayer team's going to be up here. I'll linger up here. We want to pray with you. If you don't need prayer tonight, take some time to reflect. Take some time to pray. But we want to pray for you if you don't know how God is with you. Come up. We want to help you 
We want to pray into that with you. If you want to meet with someone, we would love to meet with you. We want to pray for you if you believe that God has been speaking to you and you want clarity or confirmation. We want to pray into that with you. And if you need to stop disqualifying yourself and trust that the Lord is at work, we want to pray for you too. So why don't you stand? We're going to pray, and then we're going to get into worship together. God, what a joy it is to know that you are who you say you are, that you are Emmanuel, God, with us. God, as you meet us all uniquely, God, would you bring clarity this week? Would you speak clearly? God, would we get out of the way? Would we trust you deeper? God, would we stop disqualifying ourselves and trust that your plans and purposes and the way that you see us is better? God, speak in a new way, in a fresh way. We love you and we trust you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.